Hey, who do you think would win a fight? Well, what do you mean? Well, if you and I ever got into like a really serious fight, you know, and the punches started flying, who do you think would win? Well, I think that's pretty obvious. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. The bat is dead. Bury it. Fight back! You coward, fight back! You just started a war. Dark fire will never fail you. Flame of Udun! Never give up. Never surrender. We must fight. You've always run away from a fight. Have not? You have so. Have not? You have so. Have not? You have so and you know it. What's up, Who Would Winners, and welcome to episode number 51 of the Who Would Win cast, the podcast that analyzes fictional fights between familiar faces. My name is Steve. Hola, amigos de Ganando. This is Chris. Hey, what'd you say there, Chris? I said, hello, friends of winning. <laughs> this is Chris. Yeah. That I've, was great. Right. Just change, change, you're bringing it back now. You didn't bring it back last time. Oh, or did I? I don't know. I don't think you did. What if my catchphrase was the explanation of how i don't have a catchphrase anymore oh changing up a little bit see i thought after your uh well relaxing vacation that you know you had some time to think of something new and this is what you're bringing back to the table no i always had a catchphrase (laughs) it was just a confusing catchphrase last time i got you how are you good i'm great you have a good trip back in the back in the states it was great went to vancouver british columbia went to uh seattle washington nice both the nice cities had a nice time cool you were gone for about a week so yep, a little less just than about, a week. Just about. Cool. Anything you find interesting about... That was your first time to Canada? Uh, it was my first time to the west coast of Canada. I had been to Toronto before. Oh, okay. In the Niagara Falls. Is this your first time to the west coast of the United States as well? No. no been I've been to, to California, California before. Okay. But first time northwest. Nice. Definitely. You enjoy it? Anything? Any funny yeah, story? That, um, well, currently, British Columbia is experiencing some of the worst wildfires they've ever had. So the smoke has all blown, like, oh, all around oh, Vancouver. That's a shame. So a lot of the the beautiful views that you see in postcards and stuff, we could not see. Man. Still had some great outdoor stuff, though. That's, could you smell it? I only noticed it a couple times. Maybe when you first got there and you just kind of got used to it? There was, like, yeah, that's what I was thinking. We kind of got used to it. And there was one time when I, we walked out of a store and just smelled smoky. Okay. And, that, and then there was one other time like that. And that was really the only times I thought about it. Did it make you hungry for barbecue? <laughs> No, I didn't think I didn't think of barbecue as a West Coast thing. I had some fish, I had some sushi. This is true. Popular there, yeah. I had good food. Nice. Yeah, I've never been out that way. I've never seen the Pacific Ocean. One day, I hope to. I hope you will too, Steve. I hope so. It's on my bucket list. All right, cool. All right. Uh, so I'm glad you had a great trip. So Thanks. we are back. We are continuing Listener Appreciation Month. Thanks, August. listeners. Thank you. We appreciate yes. you. We do appreciate you. All and two of you. No, we, I'm just kidding. Got I know there's like four. There. Yeah, there's yeah. We can round it up. There to are five. dozens of them. There we go. So uh, last week, in honor of our first listener appreciation episode, we had suggested by our fan Andy Baker, who would win American Ninja Warrior between Sonic the Hedgehog and Tracer from Overwatch. I had a lot of fun doing that one. It was a cool one. Uh, learned a lot about the game. Kind of hope they make that into a movie. That sounds like it'd be like a really cool <laughs> movie with Tracer's origins, like test piloting a time traveling jet yeah tr- traditionally video game movies don't usually do well i know has there except for mortal Kombat. well it depends what you mean by well this I is mean, it's an amazing movie <laughs> right <laughs> but yeah so uh the twitter poll stands thus sonic the hedgehog at 71 percent tracer from overwatch at 29 percent 
All right, go Sonic. With 17 votes. So uh, the time this episode airs, the poll will still up, be up for a little bit. So if anyone else wants to quickly go out and vote, you still have some time to do so. But it's going to take a lot to get Tracer to that 50% mark even. But, um, yeah, that was a good time. Uh, I reached out to Andy. I just wanted to thank him for his suggestion uh, for our first listener appreciation episode. And, and our first video game episode. And our first video game episode, which I'm totally open for doing some in the future. I like that. be a lot of fun. Uh, and Andy replied, I really enjoyed the episode. Your coverage of the lore was far more detailed than I expected, so good job. I cringe a little when Steve said Overwatch was only on PS4. Gamers have a friendly feud about console versus PC. But Chris saved the day by adding, by adding that it was on the PC. Fun fact, Overwatch has over 30 million play, players worldwide, so I was hoping you get some attention for featuring Tracer. You guys deserve some more listeners. Thanks, really Andy. Nice. Really nice. Thanks a lot. Really appreciate that. Yeah. I do play most of my games on PC, but you're I'm not big, like, I'm big, not an elitist or anything. But you're a big Steam guy, right? Yeah. 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 What, what do you like playing on Steam? Anything in particular? I haven't played anything in a while, though. No? Um, our unpaid intern, your wife, Nicole, loves playing... Um, planet coaster planet coaster yeah. yeah she does like that she's been building that that park like the entire summer i've been not uh, interested so there was one other thing about my vacation in seattle mm-hmm. the the international dota 2 tournament the main like the championship is held um at, what's the name of the place like where the, where the uh, space needle is there's like a park there okay and there's a convention center and that's where the tournament is held so when we were there it was going on so i watched some of it it's pretty cool did you say they had like a huge prize winning too the, the prize pool this year is over 24 million dollars wow and i think the winning team gets like 10 million wow that's that is insane yep i know Could you imagine what a life making money just playing video games i know Have you, i wish you'll get there one day chris no i won't <laughs> i'm not very good like how do you get into that you know what i mean like like i mean i think the same way every kid gets into playing video games right but like how do you get into getting paid like you have a friend who does that what's that website uh, called? twitch he streams twitch. on twitch so, yeah. and like he makes money doing yeah, he it. makes something right like i don't know how i don't get it i don't know like i said I, I don't really play video games anymore so i really don't don't get that at all but uh yeah so hey video game uh idea in the future give us a shout out let us know totally be interested in it you ready to get started anything you want to add no i'm ready to get started all right so remember, as always, if you have any ideas for any future matchups or scenarios, or if you just like to say hello, you can reach us through Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Gmail. You can also subscribe and leave us a ratings on iTunes or through our RSS feed on Podbean. Chris, what are we talking about today? Today we're talking about uh, a movie crossover battle. Yep. It's going to be um, Ben Gates from the National Treasure series mm-hmm. uh, going up against... What is his name? Larry, ben, ben Stiller. Larry Daly. Larry, Larry Daly from Night at the Museum. Yes. So in our second listener appreciation episode of the month, this comes from listener Emma, Emma, wow, I can't speak, Emma Campbell, and she is a museum study major at George Washington University going for her master's. And she reached out to us and su- suggested that we do Larry Daly going up against... Um, Nicholas Cage's Ben Gates from the National Treasure movies, but we've kind of added a little twist to this, and in, 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 su- in such a way. In Real such quick, a way. she's a museum studies major. Yes, I didn't know there was a lot of work in studying museums. Yeah, I mean, you can make exhibits, I suppose. Um, oh, I was do... thinking you just studied museums. Yeah, you just look at them. Yeah, and like find old memorize museums them. And be like, that's a cool museum. You just study it. I like the shape of this one. Do you like draw them? Do you think? I'm sure. Yeah. That's probably in the drawing. Plan museums. your own. 
design. Well, now you're own. getting into museum planning. That's a separate. That's a separate. That's a separate major. I had to do that for a project when I was in uh, in college. Did to make a museum? We did. We had to make a Holocaust museum in my Holocaust studies class. Mm, tough one. It was very tough. Um, everybody did their own exhibit, and then we did a digital design of what it looked like. Apparently, before my group did it, they always people always made their own models of it. And then my pref- professor was like, "That's just like a waste of time. Like maybe try digital. You can still do a floor plan, but just don't. You don't have to do like actual models." So yeah, it was it was a lot. Of, it was very challenging because there's a lot of thought that goes into it. How you want people to move? Uh, we're going to put bathrooms, food court, gift shop, those kind of things. And those don't have anything to do with the Holocaust either. That's just general museum planning. But the thing is, though, you have to have those kind of things. I agree. You know, you you have to have something that they can take away from the museum. Did you put any exhibits in the bathroom? No. Okay, just curious. Yeah, did not. I, I, for some reason, I just knew that that was not something that I think it would have been distasteful to like have like a shower in the bathroom or something. Yeah, so. it would not have been good. Yeah. All right, so do we want to talk about how we're setting up this fight between Ben Stiller? What's his name? Larry Daly? Yeah. See, I just call Nick, it's, Nick it's, Cage it's, and Ben Stiller. It's, it's tough. I know. We should definitely give some background here. Yes. So, um, Ben's, I'm oh, sorry, Nicholas Cage a.k.a. Benjamin Gates from National Treasure. So a lot of the, the there's been two movies. Yeah. And they've Centered around sometimes breaking into places, sometimes museums, and stealing things. Mm-hmm. Sometimes historical artifacts. Yeah. And it just so happens that Ben Stiller, Larry Daly, yep. uh, works at a museum. Yes, he does. In the Night at the Museum series. Yes, he does. As a security guard. That is correct. To, you know, hopefully prevent people from stealing things from museums. So we were thinking, I wonder what would happen if... Uh, ben Gates. Ben Gates needs to steal something from... Uh, Larry Daly's museum. Yep. And Larry Daly has to stop him. So that's what we're looking at right now. Okay. How do you want to do this? Do you want to do background information about our two characters first? Or do you want to set up what the scenario is going to be? Um, you know what I mean? Gotcha. Uh, let's do, um, let's combine the two. Okay. And I'll give you um, background on Ben Gates and then I'll lead it into okay. the scenario setup. Okay. Sounds good. Sound good? Yep. Go ahead. All right. So uh, like I said, two National Treasure books. National Treasure in 2004 National Treasure Book of Secrets in 2007, mm-hmm. the sequel. Yeah. So Nicolas Cage plays Benjamin Franklin Gates of the Gates family. They're, in the movie universe, they're, they're well known as kind of conspiracy theorists, mm-hmm. at least in the first movie, because they believe there's a, a hidden treasure. And everyone else is like, you guys are crazy. Yeah. So as the story goes, some Gates great-great-great-grandfather or something heard a, a clue from some guy. Thomas Carroll. Thank you, Thomas Carroll. You're welcome. Uh, Thomas Carroll was trying to tell the president at the time, Andrew Jackson, but yeah. Andrew Jackson wasn't around. Yeah. So he told this Gates guy. And he he remembered it. He passed it down through his family. It gets to Nicolas Cage. And he's a huge – he's really into this treasure hunt. He wants to find it. Exactly. So he has a sidekick that uh, that may or, not be, may or may not be relevant for our uh, discussion. His name is Riley Poole. Thanks for knowing all You're, my characters' names immediately. No problem. I'm, I'm a little worried that I you're a, no, too I knowledgeable have, I just this. have a really good memory. Okay. For an important thing. So, like, uh, so he's kind of like a sidekick. Originally, Sean Bean is also working with them. But yeah. Early in the right. movie. I forgot Sean Bean's in that movie. Yeah. Early in the movie, Sean Bean kind of turns on them. He becomes the antagonist of the movie. Because he wants the treasure for himself. Exactly. So, so they, they progress through some complicated clues. Some would say crazily <laughs> connected clues. Yeah. I think there's been jokes about how they like connect plot points in that movie. Yeah. But uh, it kind of culminates in them breaking into the national archives to steal the declaration of independence yep very famous famous scene famous plot element yeah 
So, um, as viewers of the movie may know, they are actually successful. They yeah. successfully steal the Declaration of Independence because they need to find a hidden message written on the back. And An invisible um, link. Throughout this, what's that? An invisible, right, an invisible link. link. Throughout this, they befriend a National Archives worker, love interest of Nicolas Cage, yep. whole side story there. But she she kind of comes to their side and, and works with them. Abigail. Right. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, what's her last name? That I don't remember. Chase. Yeah. Dr. Not, Chase. Would not have gotten that Dr. One. Abigail Chase. Um, then in National Treasure Book of Secrets, it opens with, um, what's that guy's name? Uh, uh, I can't. I know. I know. Who you're thinking of uh, Ed Harris. Ed Harris plays like Patrick something. He's the he's the he's the bad guy in that movie. We're just going to call him Patrick. We're probably just going to call him Ed Gates. Or, uh, what's his <laughs> Ed name? Harris. Ed Harris. Oh my gosh, this is going to be bad. <laughs> yeah, there's too many characters already. I know. All right. Ed Harris has evidence that Gates, one of Gates's ancestors, was involved in the assassination of Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. So he's like, I got to clear my ancestor's name because this this is not true, and. This somehow connects into finding the lost city of gold. It, it kind of makes sense. Like, I, Have you seen this movie? Yeah, I've seen it. So I remember when I saw it, I was like, oh, whatever. I was younger. And I was rereading the plot today online. And I was like, how does him finding the lost city of gold clear his family's it, name? I don't even understand after reading the plot synopsis. It makes no... Because like, he finds the Statue of Liberty has something. And then like the different Resolute desks have information. Yeah. So he has to do a couple more break-ins in this movie. Yeah. He has to uh, break into the White House. He has to break <laughs> into Buckingham Palace. He has to kidnap the president. <laughs> yeah. Um, at Mount Vernon, but he doesn't break into Mount Vernon, but he breaks no, he into the does. secret tunnels of Mount Vernon. Oh, he sneaks into a party he on that. He sneaks into the party. Yeah. Okay. So he kind of breaks into Mount Vernon yeah. also. All right. So three break-ins in that movie. All right. Good for me. Yeah. Yeah. That'll help you. And, I'm um, just giving you ammunition right now. I, I was going to argue that anyway later. I, so. I believed it. Yeah. So, um, like I said, spoiler alert, he finds the lost city of gold, which somehow clears his ancestor's name of assassinating Abraham Lincoln. And, um... That's basically the background of the National Treasure movies. So we're like, well, what's he what's he interested in the uh, in a museum for? Yeah, right? why, why does he want to go into a so museum? So it just so happens that a lot of the National Treasure movies deal extensively with the Freemasons. They do the kind of um, what would you how would we describe this? There's been a lot of like myth I think attributed to the Freemasons. They're basically just a club of like old guys and it's and, it's interesting a lot of people say they're like a secret society right and i uh, i read the dan brown novels and he talks about freemasons and he says like they're not really a secret society because you know they're there like right. they have their meeting schedule like nailed to the front door they're kind of like a society with secrets that is a, that is a better description but there's there's kind of a lot of myth attributed but there to is like, yes you're absolutely hold, right some people believe they hold a lot of power in our government or right. world government right some people like believe like illuminati connections like right. all kinds of stuff secret witch triangles secret symbols yeah right so it just so happens that um famous uh american apollo 11 astronaut buzz aldrin is a freemason is a freemason okay and how do we connect that to space with Ben Gates? All right. So it also so happens that the Smithsonian Museum houses a Apollo exhibits. Yeah. So there's also a um, loose plot point, or I guess it's really more of a, a tease for a possible sequel in National Treasure Book of Secrets, that the Book of Secrets is a secret book that only presidents can read that Nick Cage needs to read something in. Mm -hmm. And the president in that movie tells him to look at page 47 because yeah. he wanted to talk him about it, talk right. to him about it. 
So, Uh-oh. imagine this. President, um, page 47 of the Book of Secrets, deals with the moon landing, uh, Apollo 11 moon landing. Okay. Buzz Aldrin, a Freemason, knows of um, Ben Gates' connection to the Freemason Society. Thanks. Okay. He he knows that there's some connection to that with the page for, with the page forty seven. Mm-hmm. He gets in contact with Ben Gates. Okay, and he says, "Hey, I t- I kept a secret journal on Apollo eleven. It's still in the command module. Oh boy, which is currently housed in the Smithsonian National Air and Space Museum in Washington D.C. In Washington D.C. So now Ben Gates, to solve the mystery of page forty seven and the moon landing, needs to break in to the Smith- Air and Space Museum. I think that." Shifts it nicely right over to uh, mm. my character now. We have Larry Daly, Ben Stiller. Of uh, Daily Devices? Of Daily Devices. Oh, okay, cool. uh, played by Ben Stiller. Uh, there are three Night at the Museum movies. First one, Night at the Museum, 2006. Second one, Night at the Museum, Battle of the Smithsonian, 2009. And the third one is Night at the Museum, Secret of the Tomb, 2014. I've only seen the first one. Never seen the other ones. I've done a lot of research. Though, I've seen for the this. first two. I haven't seen the third one. Yeah, uh, the third one was, I think, one of Robin Williams' last performances. It's de- it wasn't oh. his last, but it was definitely one of his his final ones because I think he died a couple months before it came out. There's a there's a, a rumored National Treasure three, but supposedly like the script was unfinished. It's kind of stalled a lot. I think it's supposed to be about page forty seven. That would make sense. So they really they if, set it up. If, if hey Disney, if you're listening, we've got you some like stuff. This, you like this plot? I've got some stuff. Give us some royalties. Doesn't but, have to be a huge percentage. Buzz Aldrin will be in anything. He'll be in he'll, your movie. He'll do it. Yeah, he'll do it. Absolutely. So uh, a little background. Uh, it's actually based on a 1993 children's picture book called The Night at the Museum by this guy named Milan Trenk. And in this book, only the dinosaurs came alive. Mm. Well, they took off the the. They had to change it a little bit. They, they did. They really had to you know, make it a little of their own. So Larry Daly, he's an inventor. He's kind of down on his luck guy. He doesn't, he's kind of going job to job. And he finds an opening for a security job position at the American Museum of Natural History, which is in New York City. And um, he takes a job, and he quickly learns on his first night that all the objects in the museum come to life. And he quickly learns that his job is not to keep people out, but or to keep people from getting in, but to keep things in the museum from getting out. Do you remember who teaches him that? Uh, Dick Van Dyke. Yeah. That's right. His name was like Cecil. Cecil yeah, Fredericks, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. Sounds right. Yeah. Uh, so some people might be wondering, like, how do the objects in the museum come to life? Well, in the film, there is this golden tablet of Pharaoh. I'm going to probably say this wrong. Akamenra. And it, this is this tablet that gives. I think it was Akmenra. Akmenra. You're probably right. That sounds a lot better. I have a good memory. That sounds Egyptian instead of Akamenra. So the tablet of Akmenra, it Let's turns everything in the museum alive. Uh, the different Not exhibits. everything, like all the things that yes, all could, the, all yeah. the all the artifacts, all the yeah, <laughs> the water fountains come to life and they turn into transformers called Waterbot. Well, you're getting ahead here. Don't <laughs> sorry, yeah. sorry, too much, too much. So everything in the museum comes alive. The dinosaur uh, skeleton, which is one of the famous ones, um, the Teddy Roosevelt statue, Sacagawea, all these different things come alive, and Ben Stiller pretty much needs to stop them from killing each other and from leaving the museum, so that way nobody in the outside world can see them. Also, if, uh, I think, like, if sunlight hits them and the stone's not around them, they can, like, disappear or, like, evaporate or something I think there was some danger of that. Yeah, there there is a threat. 
Uh, so it is Ben Stiller's job to make sure that nothing gets out. So going into this now, we have ben, Benjamin Gates trying to break into the Smithsonian, which in the second one, Ben Stiller was in. He was kind of a guard at the Smithsonian. Kind of a guard. Yeah, he was kind of a guard. But he was there. He has experience. And he's going to try to stop Ben Gates from getting inside the Air and Space Museum in Washington, D.C., getting to the lunar module from Apollo 11, and taking Buzz Aldrin's journal, which provides some information regarding possible mm-hmm. alien life maybe we'll get to that we'll get to that why'd you go right to aliens i don't know i just assumed because mm-hmm. I, right. I thought you might go to fake moon landing no no we went to the moon i agree okay, and good. especially with buzz aldrin he punched a guy he did that. yeah he really did yeah don't don't talk about that kind of stuff all right so so what's your plan here mr gates you're you're just gonna walk right in so, i'm, I'm um, saying this is happening at nighttime just it's funny you say that because there is a lot of times where Nicolas Cage just walks right in. But that, that's not his plan here. Okay. So, uh, quick question first. Um, Nicolas Cage often works with a sidekick. Do I get a sidekick? I'd say that's fair. Do you want Riley or do you want Abigail? Riley. You want Riley? Riley, yeah. Okay. You want the idiot? That's fine. Take well, Riley. He is comic relief, but <laughs> he's also a proficient computer hacker. Okay. I need, I need him yeah. for the security-related things. All right. This is true. So, if you want to take your son who helped you out. In National Treasure Night at the Smithsonian, you're welcome to. Um, that's fine. I wasn't really planning on it. I just wanted to have the tablet of Achman Ra. I, I, I hope it's there, too. Okay. So I, I, I never planned on having my son. I, all I hoped on having okay. was the tablet of Achman Ra. Me, too. Okay. Oh, boy. All right. <laughs> okay. So um, the research, he's going to start with, you know, case in the joint. Okay. He, he probably buys a ticket. He attends the museum. He looks around. I'm going to make an argument that Ben Gates is not even going to be allowed near the Air and Space Museum. Why wouldn't he be allowed? He's a well-respected... He, um... No, he's committed so many federal crimes. No, 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 no. I wrote, no. A, I wrote Name, a whole okay, list. Okay, give me the first one. All right. Kidnap the president. Okay. They resolved that at the end. The president said that he actually saved him. They were exploring a tunnel. The president was like, oh, it caved in. He actually saved my life. He stole the Declaration of Independence. That is true. But he only did that to prevent it from being stolen by someone else. Who took the fall for that crime? Sean Bean. They arrest Sean Bean at the end. So that didn't stick to him. No one thinks he did that. Okay. He also had no respect for the Declaration of Independence because he spilled uh, – he didn't spill, but he put lemon juice all over the back there of it. There was an invisible ink code. And then, and then heated it up with a uh, hair dryer. That's how you got the ink to appear. Treating historical documents with complete disrespect. But it, it was a Com- treasure map piece. Complete he had disrespect. to find the treasure. Not he, a crime, by the he, way. He took a knife and carved it into Independence Hall and took out a piece of brick from the structure. He could have put the brick back. He did, but he still took a knife and carved the brick out of Independence Hall. Because he had to get Ben Franklin's glasses. You're just saying, like, you're just making up excuses. Well, also, that's not a crime either, right? You're defiling right, a national that, landmark. That might be a crime. But he put the brick back, so he fixed care. it. I don't care. He still took it out. <laughs> he did it real fast, like no one noticed. Um, he broke graves inside of Trinity Church. All right, that one that one's true. Yeah, like he like had bodies just falling onto the ground. Yeah, okay, with, that's, with, with that. that that's true. He destroyed uh the ship, the Charlotte. Well, he didn't do it. He was there. He was he was with the guys. It was an accident. Guilty so, by association. He wouldn't have blown it up. They were spilling Sean, the uh Sean Bean blew it up to kill them. They were spilling the uh what's it called? There was gunpowder everywhere. Yeah, the gunpowder. And Sean Bean was trying to murder Ben Gates and Riley. He was still there. He was a victim. No. He was the one that led them there. He led them there. Right, not to blow it up. I think also Sean Bean broke the graves, too. No. I don't think so. He might have. He was there. 
That's in dispute. Okay. He was there. <laughs> You're, oh, my goodness. He's not doing anything to stop them. He's just saying, all right, fine, well, guys. Fine, guys. Some of this he might have even they held a gunpoint. Sean Bean was the bad They should have just gone to the cops. They tried that. They went to the FBI, <laughs> and they went to the, the uh, National Archives. It sounds like there's no plot holes in this movie right now. <laughs> this like, movie it sounds is right. perfect. <laughs> he broke into Buckingham Palace. Uh, that's true. Uh, broke into the Oval Office. Break in mm, loosely. I mean, like, he went in. Okay. He broke into Mount Vernon. Um, that's public. That's like a public park. That's, that's, what are you that's talking prop, about? That belongs to America. No, it doesn't. You can't just walk into Mount Vernon. Um, I mean, not, you can. wait, wait, was that Mount Vernon? I'm sorry. Or was it, um, I thought it was Mount Vernon. Oh, I thought it in was the, in um, Book of Secrets. I thought it was Camp David. That's what I'm uh, thinking of. If there was a scene in Camp David, I don't remember it. Oh, maybe it was Mount Vernon. If it was Mount Vernon, you are absolutely correct. Anybody can go on there. There was something where they had to like make sure the president scheduled an event at Mount uh, Vernon, so they they you're right. they like somehow booked out all the other potential you're right. sites. You're right, listeners. I apologize. You can go to uh, Mount Vernon whenever you want. I thought it was Camp David. You're um, absolutely correct. Thank you. Yes. And then you can, if if the president is there, you can lure him into the basement and kidnap him. Fair enough. He forces the president to give him highly classified information. Asked nicely. He, he, Steve, he, you are really stretching that. I'm telling you, Ben, ben ex, Gates has ex, a record. He explains he the situation. Record. The president's like, this sounds cool. I wish I could go on this adventure with you, no. but I'm the president. No. Here's how you get to my book. Check it out. Check out page 47. <sighs> Why would he have told him about that if he wasn't like going along with this? The president? Yeah. Because the president was an idiot. <laughs> the president should have just completely ignored <laughs> Nicolas Cage's character. But he had a sense of adventure. He was like, he, you know what? I'm president, but I want to, like, find treasure, too. <laughs> he just wanted the money. Doesn't everyone want to find treasure? Yes, you're right. Everybody did just want uh, to have some treasure. So I would make an argument that he wouldn't even be allowed near the Air and Space Museum. I feel like there would be, like, facial recognition cams that they see Benjamin Gates walking up. Guards would come out. Sirens were going off. Nobody. You're not coming in here. Because you're going to come in here. You're going to jump into an airplane. You're going to try to fly it away or something, even though that's not possible. But he would try. It is possible. It happened in, Nash- in um, Night at the Museum. Well, that's because the tablet of Achman Ra was there. It didn't bring this, the uh, Wright Brothers airplane to life. It didn't? No, that's an inanimate object. It can only bring it to, get to life people. Well, yeah, but doesn't it give it the ability to, to move? No, that was all them. That was Amelia Earhart flying that thing. Oh, it's a good thing I haven't seen this movie. <laughs> I'm glad you know more about that. We really should have swatched people because I think I might know more about National Treasure. Uh, yeah, near the end, it's a you know great rescue moment. Okay, the, um, she flips the, the, the propellers on? It doesn't have propellers, I don't believe. It's more of a glider. Oh, it was the first original one. I think. Okay. I don't remember. But okay. basically, they fly the Wright Brothers plane. Oh, so they just glide it. Pretty much. Gotcha. Pretty much. I mean, gotcha. maybe there was a gust of wind that picked him up. Okay. I don't remember exactly. All right. So I- if, if Ben Gates can't get in, he'll send in Riley. It's like, it's comic relief that he's like not well known, oh, yeah, that no right. one's going to recognize him. You're just still him. trying to get reconnaissance information. Yeah. This isn't even that important to me. I'm just trying yeah, to do my true. due diligence. Here. I understand. Because, um, so... I couldn't confirm that the Apollo 11 lunar um, command module is in the Apollo 11 section of the exhibit. I think it's right when you walk in. It's right there, I believe. So there definitely is, like, space capsules there. I just don't know if it's the Apollo 11 one. That's what I couldn't confirm. And when you go to the Smithsonian Air and Space Museum website and you click on the Apollo 11 command module, it lists it as something the museum has. Right. But but there's no information about it. Exactly where it is. Right. So there, there's an, there is an Apollo 11 section of the museum. Mm-hmm. It's section 210 on the second floor. Okay. Wait, let me confirm that it's 210 in case anyone listening is trying to break in. Yeah. I don't want to give you wrong information. You'll get, you'll get lost. 
uh, I didn't write it down. I'm pretty sure it was 210. Like, if you're going to break into the air and space medium, just look that up first. All right. So they're going to basically want to know where it is. They're going to want to know the quickest route to it. They're going to want to know an escape route. Now, he only has to get into it and get a, find a journal. He doesn't have to, like, bring the whole thing out. So that helped. that's kind of interesting. So is he just going to be looking around the, the command module? For the recon? Yes. I, he, he's just going to look around the outside. He won't be able to get in. Exactly. Right. So, right. so that's going to have to happen, you know, the day it's going on. Okay. But luckily for him, in the night, in, in what's my movie called again? National Treasure. National Treasure. <laughs> he's really good at finding hidden stuff. Like, he finds it very quick. So that should be fine. He's very lucky. He should be good. So there's another element to my plan. In case, in case something happens at the museum where, like, I don't know, things come to life and try to fight him. Yeah. So, um... Let me let me get this right. Um, so the American History Museum, which is another Smithsonian museum down the street, right? It houses Benjamin Franklin's walking stick, okay, which he gave as a gift to George Washington. Oh, cool! Both Benjamin Franklin and George Washington are Freemasons. Yes. So, also, he's going to incorporate every Freemason. No, just those two guys. Okay. But I just want to try to establish that there's potentially a model of those guys there okay that could come to life uh not in the air and space museum right but in the not the museum movies right things from other places did come to life like for o- example only when the tablet goes there though um abraham lincoln came to life and he was all the way from the lincoln memorial i think they were carrying the tablet uh i think they were inside of a of a bill of the of a museum I think natural history at that time, or okay. Actually, that most of that movie took place in the Smithsonian archives, it. right? Yes, it did. Yeah. So there's a scene near the end where uh, Ab- the Abraham Lincoln statue from the Lincoln Memorial busts through the door to help him out. Uh-huh. So that's like way down. Yeah. Okay. So they kind of established All that right. things so in other some, museums there's, there's, could there's come to life. There's some radius. Okay. So currently, the Smithsonian has a, a, an exhibit called "American D- Democracy: The Great Leap of Faith" about the history of the American democracy. They have some uh, artifacts. One of the things they have is. I think a lamp that George Washington used. So okay. just a George Washington connection. So potentially we have a, a George Washington and Ben Franklin somewhere in the Smithsonian grounds. Okay. That could come to life. Okay. And because of the uh, Freemason connection. Okay. And the fact that Gates has been kind of an ally of the Freemasons. Okay. He's going to recruit them as allies. <laughs> okay. So he might need them. And they're both smart guys, you know, hardworking guys that could help him kind of get through some of the obstacles that Ben Stiller, uh, D- Daly, whatever. I forget his name. Larry Daly. Larry Daly. That's such a weird name. I know. It doesn't roll off the tongue that well. No. So he they might be able to help him with some of the some of the obstacles. But how how are they even going to get through like the security? I don't okay, think that, Ben Franklin the same and way that, George Washington are going to know about modern day so security. This is practices. how Nicolas Cage usually deals with security. He impersonates someone else, somehow is able to steal their ID and just walks in. Okay. So that's how he breaks into the uh, National Archives in National Treasure. He disguises himself in a work uniform, walks right in, yeah, takes flashes take, the ID, takes that off, and he's wearing a tuxedo because okay. there's a there's a like, fancy gala going on. Okay, are you going to argue that there's a gala going on at the Smithsonian this night? No, I didn't think of that. I okay, wish I good. did. No, because I'm not allowing. Okay, it. <laughs> I'm vetoing it. Well, actually, I looked at the Smithsonian event calendar. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I just looked at the current events and found that democracy one. Okay. Um, He's going he's gonna to have Riley on the outside hacking into security to, to like, turn off cameras or unlock doors when needed. If okay. he doesn't have – he's going to have a stolen ID badge that he got somehow, the same way he gets them in National Treasure. Yeah. That, that hopefully will get him in the doors he needs to. If not, he has Riley. If not, he can just 
busted open. Okay. So um, so he's busting open the doors. Alarms are going to go off. Washington police are going to show up. You're well, arrested. That's like the final. Say, that's the that's the last resort. Okay. Because they're going to be like, Mr. Gates, are you kidding? They'll be really. <laughs> Harvey Keitel will be in it. We'll be there. And he'll be like again. <laughs> be like again, Ben. Again. No, he's a Freemason too. He should be like on yeah, his he side. Is a Freem- Don't you think though that Le- Abraham Lincoln and George Washington would be so taken back by the world that they're in now that they wouldn't want to help out ben gates or they would be like can you explain what this <laughs> lunar module is and yes they definitely. would walk in they would look at these airplanes and be like what is all of this i, I honestly didn't even think about that they're gonna be very very distracted but that ha- that should be true for a lot of the characters in the Nathan museum and they mostly just care about fighting each other okay like they have all the knowledge of humanity open to them and they just want to like attack that monkey or something and so it's <laughs> yeah. like come on guys I get you want to rule the world or whatever, but, like, just take a step back. Okay. All right. So I didn't quite finish that. Sorry. His his his, Sorry. his declaration plan, disguises the work uniform, takes off the casino, attends the gala, steals Abigail Chase's fingerprint because he needs a fingerprint to get in the lock. Yeah. Walks back there, opens the door. Riley helps him out with, like, some password or something like that. And then in Book of Secrets, they're able to basically force the White House to hold some of gala at Mount Vernon which he happens to have a map of Secret Tunnel. He shows that to the president and is like, hey, president, do you he like Secret confused. Tunnels? And right. the president's like, I love Secret Tunnels. Let's go look. When they're down there, he kind of briefs them on the situation, tells them about the Book of Secrets. They go through a Secret Tunnel. At this point, the Secret Service has believes that the president has been kidnapped. And the president's like, hey, I'll, you can read my book. It's at the National Library of Congress. It's in this section. Um, I forget how he told me. He might have told him how to get in. I forget. Yeah, he did. And then he's I like, think. read page 47. Yeah. And then uh, he's like, good luck. And they left. Yeah. Um, and then he also had to break into the White House and Buckingham Palace to look at the desks. Those were inside those, jobs. Those were both he had inside help. Uh, the, in the White House, they knew a guy. It was actually played by Ty Burrell. Do you remember that? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He he worked there. And it yeah. was during the uh, Easter egg roll, I believe. Yeah, I think it I was. Think. So yeah. he, he let him in to look at what they had to. And then um, in Buckingham Palace, I think they also had help getting in there, didn't they? I think they were on a tour. Oh, did they just run in there on a I tour? I think so. I forget. That's the thing. He yeah. He just it, he can all just these movies do just it. blend together. Yeah. So th- so I'm so I'm saying to get into the Air and Space Museum, still an ID badge, disguised work uniform, goes right in the side door. Maybe takes a side entrance, hopefully close to the uh, Apollo Eleven thing. Like I said, it is on the second floor. Okay. So we'd have to get us some stairs. I think that the lunar module you're looking for is on the first floor. Okay. If I, if you, yeah, there is definitely some space stuff right by the front door. Yeah, I, I think that's the the Apollo Eleven lunar module. So hopefully right we would door. be able to identify the lunar the the right one when we do our like pre check reconnaissance. Yeah. Right. So he at that point he just has to kind of pry open a door to the command module and find where. Uh, Buzz Aldrin hid his uh, secret journal. All right. So a couple things I want to say. All right. Go. So so I think that Ben Gates would not do this. He would he wouldn't do it at all because you have to think that Ben Gates only does it for specific purposes. So the thing like, he does these 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 missions if there's something in it for him or his family. There is P- something P- in it. It's saving P- humanity, but particularly for his family though. Like the first one, he did it. He found the treasure because he wanted to prove that his family was right. And not crazy. And not crazy. The second one, he found this treasure under Mount Rushmore that the Native Americans hid because he wanted to prove his great-great-grandfather did not help the assassination of Abraham Lincoln. Which makes sense. Right. Whereas him finding the lost journal of Buzz Aldrin doesn't do anything for him. I believe I know what the journal contains. 
and what the book at National Treasure. You or he, or he does. Uh, he, you as the narrator of this. Story? I as the narrator, okay. and hopefully he might put some pieces together. Okay, I'm not sure. It de- so it depends on what Buzz Aldrin tells him. So I'll just lay my theory out for you. Okay, lay lay out All right. the theory. So do you remember uh, a certain Edwin Eugene Aldrin Jr. appearing in a movie called Transformers: Dark of the Moon? No. Wait, yes, I do. Yes, yeah, he do. does. Oh, God. Where he explains to Optimus Prime oh, and the Autobots that the Apollo 11 mission also discovered a Kryptonian ship on the moon who, whose existence was concealed from the public. Oh, I forgot about I that. I believe he wrote about that in his secret journal, which he hid on the command module to warn humanity of the uh, Decepticon threat. <laughs> Now we're combining three franchises. Here. The link is Buzz Aldrin, noted Freemason. Oh gosh! All right. So you think, or you know, that Buzz Aldrin, <laughs> in his journal, has information about the Decepticons? Yes, and their moon base. So why do you? Th- so you think that that um, Ben Gates is going to? He's going to get see the journal as a threat. As, uh, yeah, because because Buzz Aldrin's going to be like. Hey, I think these guys are bad. I saw the latest Transformers movie. They were bad. So I'm worried what they're going to do to Earth. And the proof is in my journal. If you get that, you'll be able to convince the country. Okay. That's my that's my story. All right. So my second argument here. All right. That's fair. Totally fair. That was really good. I like that. Second point I'm going to say here is, if my memory serves me correctly, there's this giant, like, either really thick plastic um surrounding the entire loon module not like a box like kind of like it's like formed to the shape of it so it's not like you can just walk up to it and just open up the command module see i don't remember that well enough i know there were different there's different ones like some you the doors open and you can kind of look inside yeah not one they have a big um lunar lander that has a big like uh fence around it yeah no not but it's just hard to argue because i don't know the specific layout of the apollo 11 one so you'd like to say that it's encased in some type of protective plastic? I'm like pretty, case. pretty, pretty positive that. Okay, that we it can is. we can go with that. Yeah. We can go with that. Here, here's a picture of it. Here, boom, got it. For, all right, so it is the first floor of the uh, Air and Space Museum. My, my memory does serve me correctly, and you can see. Oh, you are right. You are right. It has this giant plastic uh, encasing fitting to the size yes. of the of the command module. Yes. It's not like it's in a box or something like right, that. Right, right, right. So we're going to we're going to have to drill through that. We got to get through that. <laughs> so now you're now you're you're defacing because you're probably plastic. you're probably going to do some some harm onto the uh, No, we're going to be module. really careful. We're just going to cut a hole out around the door. Okay, so how are you going to do that while the museum is coming alive and trying to stop you? Well, let, tell me about some of the dangers I'm going to have to deal with. Okay, so in the museum Battle of the Smithsonian, when they, they when they're inside of the Smithsonian, the Air and Space Museum, some of the rockets turn on because <laughs> of, of course the, they do. because of the the um, the tablet the tablet of what's his name See, again Achman Ra Achman Ra so that, Achman Ra that, so we could use that as a weapon to pretty much burn you alive to stop so, you. Wait, are you saying it also made the rockets like sentient that could attack me? They, they well, no, I'm saying we could use the rockets that are like right there. You could like so like, Ben Stiller it. is going to grab a rocket and use it as a flamethrower. No, some of them just turned on. Like, it's not like, he's not going to angle the flames, but there are going to be flames so, coming out so of the So I just have to be watch out for the flames that are coming out. I mean, you got a Saturn V rocket blowing out flames here. I mean, I'll just make, hopefully that's not right above me. If it is, so yeah, I'm, I'm probably done for. It's not right above you. <laughs> I remember that. All right, so you're lucky there. Uh, I'm One thing you have going for you is there are not a lot of uh, people in the Air and Space Museum, mm. but I'm going to have some of the astronauts 
coming alive and having them coming towards you and try to stop you. And they're definitely going to do whatever they can because that is the command module. That is the, 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 the mission that really started everything involving the moon landings. And they're going to want to stop you from getting in there. Yeah, it's like breaking are, into Are you going to fight them back? or? Well, that's why I have George Washington and uh, Ben Franklin. So now we just have these these sentient um Well, that is how, that, that, how, that's how it works in Night at the Museum. They come alive and they have like... And they don't die. They're just going to keep fighting each other. They can't die, I believe. Uh, I don't know if they can die. I don't think so. Well, Ben, luckily Ben Stiller, uh, his character, Larry Daly... Uh, he does have some self-defense skills. If you remember in the first one, uh, or in the second one, he like keeps touching something, and Jonah Hill's character is like, "Hey, bro, like stop touching that, stop touching that," and like he uses his like amazing skills and whoo, like wraps him around, has him like a choke. Yeah, hold. he's good with his little flashlight. Yeah. yeah, he is. He could use that as a weapon, trying to take you down, trying to stop you. He, he could. I mean, Nicolas Cage had to fight his way out of a few scraps too. Yeah, are you gonna bring weapons in? I'm gonna bring what I need to cut through the plastic. Okay, how are you gonna get that inside? Just gonna put it in my pocket. It's just gonna be a small little going cutter. through a metal detector. Well, he has a key card, so he's going in a, like an access door, like I, an employee access I'm door. Pretty sure they still have to go through. Uh... I'll just hop around it then. Don't, I mean, don't you, you have be an employee? When the... You have an employee access card, and you still have to go through a metal detector when you get to work, right? No, I don't. What? This is so unsafe. What kind of airport do you work at? Well, only guests have to go through. That's not right, Chris. You could you could be coerced any day. I could steal your identity. I could do it with Nicholas Cage and just they, take a picture. They did of your a background ID check and... to make sure I couldn't get blackmailed. Really? I don't know. I have no idea what they did. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was going to say, wow, that was pretty thorough. I probably could get blackmailed pretty easily. You probably could. I know a lot of things on you. Yeah. I'm not going to bring them out, though. <laughs> Thanks. No problem. Yeah, so I, I don't think you're going to have the time to really sit there and drill a hole into the command module. Is Buzz Aldrin going to be with you? No, no. He's, he's not going to be with he's you. He's like 86. Is he feeding he's you like orders like while you're doing this, like giving you um, help? No, Riley is. I have an earpiece to talk to Riley because okay, I, I need so him as my, like, security guy. hacker guy. guy yeah okay yeah I, I i just don't know so even if you i don't know can you just open the command module door i mean well, it's it been looked what, like in 50 the, years since... i think it is open so you can see through it there's just the plastic in the way is it open it, it was hard to kind of tell but i think yeah, i remember that that's from the window there. that's the window let me see yeah that, me see. Is, that is the window we'll make sure we have a photo available on our instagram and twitter page of the command module from apollo 11 just so that way people that's can the see door like. the door is totally open that's how you get inside no that's the window why would it be so big it's a big window no these other smaller holes are the windows no that's the because look you can clearly see that that's the door right there that yeah, giant I can't thing clearly see that i know that is that. the door they wouldn't make the whole side of it the door it's too big of a door you gotta get people out that's yeah, but too it, small it was, of a window to get people out no no no, or no. Too it small was supposed of a door. to be small because it makes it sturdier I really messed up your phone. Sorry. That's okay. Whoa. You're not kidding. Whoa. What did you do? I double clicked on it. Oh. Oh, my God. And then I tried oh, to double click a couple I more times. It. I got it now. All I right. Okay. We saved it here. Hopefully, a lot of people that listened to this episode went to the Air and Space Museum and looked at the Apollo command module, and they were like, oh, pff, I could break into that easily. Let us know. Hey, let us know your thoughts on it, if you could totally do it or not. So are you bringing in any other museum people? Like, are any, is any of the other museum... Uh, exhibit's going to come to Teddy life. Roosevelt will probably be with me because he's always with uh, mm-hmm. Larry Daly during his adventures. Loyal sidekick, yeah. Which he might go up to uh, George Washington and be like, hey, uh, you're president. I'm a president from your future. Huge fan. Can I kind of talk to you about, you know, what it was like being president? Yeah, and George Washington would be like, totally cool. And then now he's gone. That might happen. He's off topic. Uh, Amelia Earhart was with Larry Daly 
in the second one. And Ben Franklin, he kind of had a thing for young girls. If he sees her, he might get distracted. And Larry could, Daly might be like, hey, Amelia, like, really help me out here. That could definitely happen. And go take him out of the way. And now it's just Ben Stiller going up against Nicolas Cage. One-on-one. -on -one. Does he have any fighting abilities, Nicolas Cage? He's amazing. Is he? He was, he, he was cast to, to be in a Superman movie. Wait, we're, ta <laughs> we're, all right, we're talking about Benjamin Gates. <laughs> I, I did prepare a lot of Nicolas Cage background. I'm a big fan of Nicolas Cage. Go ahead. Well, I was just joking. Oh. But uh, he's been in a lot of movies, and he was going to be Superman in uh, a Superman directed by... Um, Kevin oh my, Smith. Oh, my gosh. No, not Kevin Smith. Uh, oh, Kevin, you're right. Oh, it Kevin was, Smith um, was like related to that, that project, possibly. But, yeah, I um, think he wrote it. It was going to be... Um, oh, Tim Burton. Tim Burton. Tim Burton. Yeah. It's called The uh, Superman Lives. Yeah. That's what it was going to be called. Have you seen the Superman suit for that movie? I have. It looks like it had like lights on it. Like It did. Yeah. And I think he had really long hair. I don't yes, know he did. That, he had did, really, did really he long hair. Did he intend on having that, or was that just costume tests? That's a great question. We'll never know, because it never worked out. You can't assume that he's going to have Superman abilities, though, because he was <laughs> supposed to play Superman. No, no, I'm just saying they'd cast someone athletic for the part. Uh, they could uh, at least like do the stunts. But did he do any fighting in the movie? I don't um, believe so. There, he mostly ran away. Yeah. At one point, he Which had is what's going to happen when he tries showing up at the Air and Space Museum. The feds are going to get on him, and they're going to try to get him out of here. I don't think you want the feds in there because that's going to blow the lid on your museum stuff comes to life. So I think um, Larry Daly also has a vested interest in keeping the cops out. But let me ask you a question. You said his diary has information regarding the Decepticons. Yes. But didn't, the he, already, moon base. didn't he already tell that to NASA anyway? Yeah, they covered it up. But now he's like, it's too dangerous. We got to put it in the open. But he's already has it in the He already talked about it. Why doesn't well, he just come out and talk about it? No one's going to believe him. They're going to be like, crazy old Buzz Aldrin. How are they going to believe the journal? Maybe he took pictures and left them in there. Interesting. Maybe he took a sample. I don't know. It's kind of funny. When I was doing some research for this, I sent you that list of all the Apollo 11 items. Yeah. One of them was a camera. And I thought maybe we can somehow play that into the oh, episode. Yeah. And when I clicked on it, it says item does not exist. That's actually what it said for the command module, too. I think it means they just don't have additional information about yeah, it. Yeah, they don't. But I was saying, hmm, the camera mysteriously disappeared. <laughs> I wonder what was on that camera. So I, this, this is a tough one because there's no clear way of saying, you know, it, it who is, would win it or It is not. true that Ben Gates doesn't really do a lot of fighting in the, in the film. Yeah. The, there's a little bit of – there's some physical scenes where, like, there's one scene where he has to jump off an aircraft carrier underwater and then swim. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that in the first one. In, in the end of uh, Book of Secrets where they're escaping from the City of Gold, they have to, like – Hold up. They have to hold up a wall and like swim. It kind of there's water. There's like but fast Ed, moving water. But Ed, Ed Harris ends up being the one yeah. that does it anyway because yeah. he commits suicide and like saves them. Well, yeah, you could say commits suicide. He kind of sacrificed himself. To yeah, save them. this is true. And then he wanted his family's name to be cleared because it's it was actually like his family. Like, yeah, it was so like dumb. dumb. Oh, I don't man. know. I don't even. But luckily, we just gave them the plot for uh, exactly the National Treasure. Film. Talk to Buzz Aldrin. He'll be so, in the movie. Let's do it. You let's can have him. You could even replay his scene from. Transformers. Transformers. And the audience wouldn't even know. <laughs> they wouldn't have no idea that that's what we were doing. All right. So luckily, we have the fans who will get to decide who would win. Would Ben Stiller's character, Larry Daly, be able to hold off Benjamin Gates from getting into the Smithsonian or getting into the command module? Or would Ben Gates be victorious and be able to sneak in using Riley's help, using uh, Benjamin Franklin and... Um, George, George Washington, Washington and, and getting Freemasons. inside of the uh, getting inside of the command module and stealing Buzz Aldrin's uh, journal. I have some really interesting fun facts about the Smithsonian. I have some not very interesting fun facts, so let me do mine first. Okay, go ahead. In the movie um, National Treasure, 
there's a couple scenes where they show them looking up things on the internet. Uh huh. The good guys use use Google, and the bad guys use Yahoo I for did, a search engine. I did know that. <laughs> I don't know why they decided to do yeah, that. Yeah, that's just that's just crazy. I did know that. Uh, that that was the only fact I really loved. Um, the director said that the initial rough cut of the movie was four hours long. Of the first one, yeah. What did they cut? I don't know. What other clues did they take? That's out? what I mean. Because there were so many like crazy clues. There'd be so many times they'd be like they'd read a word and they'd be like, "Oh well, if we translate this to Latin, uh, one time uh, George Washington <laughs> said that at a tea party. Let's go find those he, teacups. He used to make his tea with uh, this type of leaves. Look under that tree. Next clue." <laughs> If you like take a moment and actually think of that movie and how the different clues led to each other, it's just so so outlandish and, and so ridiculous. Agreed. Yeah. Any other things before we want to get into some intellectual no. facts? No, that was the only one I liked. No? What only you one. All right. So this was the first film national, not National Treasure Night, the museum. <laughs> God, we are really off our game tonight, folks. I don't know what it is. Uh, it's late. The Sorry. movie's just somehow confusing yeah. your brain. Yeah. Oh, I have one more fact. Sean Bean doesn't die. I thought he did. Oh, no, he goes yeah. to jail. He gets arrested, right. but he, he doesn't die. He goes to jail. So, uh, Night at the Smithsonian. Ba- God, <laughs> Night at the Museum, Battle of the Smithsonian. It's a the, long title. Was the first ever film movie filmed at the Smithsonian Institution. So, I kind of found that interesting. So, that was that 2009? So, yeah. A couple years ago. Um, many of the items that were in the movie uh, have Night at the Museum logos on it so that way when guests are there they can see that that is what was in the movie to cool. kind of get them maybe interested in a little bit because people only are interested in things that they can see it in a movie pretty much honestly that's why you have like the ruby slippers from the wizard of oz there the puffy shirt from seinfeld i do like the that's at the american history museum i believe so yes i do like that one yeah that one's cool there are 19 museums uh that are part of the smithsonian that also includes like the national zoo um the portrait gallery some of those other things are they all free also yes i love that about them yeah it's really really nice it's a great zoo have you ever been oh it's such a good zoo yeah, yeah it's really zoo. nice um it costs 840 dollars 800 god <laughs> wow it costs 840 million dollars to operate the museums annually which is really not that much money if you consider other things that our country spends I mean, money on what'd you say 19 different museums and yeah you gotta think a, there's staff. a lot of space you I gotta mean, think of staff yeah. and everything yeah uh, it had 28 million visitors in 2015. Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, and there are 154 million objects, works of art, and specimens that are in the museums and also in their like storage facility because they also have a storage facility mm-hmm. where they keep a lot of stuff. And now this is where it really gets interesting. It is the Smithsonian is named after James Smithsonian, who left $500,000 in 1829 to the United States in order to do like scientific research kind of stuff like that. He never set foot in the United States. He was not American. Where was he from? He was, if I believe correctly, he was a bastard child from England and he didn't want to leave the money in England. So Cause he, they're just going to spend that on tea or something. So he wanted to leave it with a different country. So he left it with the United States. Oh, wow, good call, man. And Congress thought it was very suspicious <laughs> that this guy who's never been to the country just left $500,000. So at first they were kind of like, nah, not too sure about this. Uh, he died and he was buried in Italy. Alexander Graham Bell visited Italy and brought back Smithsonian's bones and his grave and now it is in the Smithsonian Institution, and that happened in 1904. So he did finally get to go. So he finally did 
come his, over. His ghost can haunt that's the museum. Where, that's where he rests now. And if the tablet of Aquin Ra got there, he can he, come back to he life. Can come back to life. I just thought that was so interesting that this guy who's never been to the United States. I did not know that. Just I know. Me neither. I don't know why I didn't know that. Because it's pretty just crazy. Left this large sum of money and was like, hey, you know, kind of do what you want to do with it. I mean, I think he did have some guidelines, like scientific research or something. Uh, and yeah, so then Alexander Graham Bell brought him over, or his his body over, and some weird objects that uh, they have in the Smithsonian in their collection as well is a 16th century mechanical monk. It is kind of like a wind up monk in a sense. It's it, it was I think it looked in the picture it's probably about like four or five feet high, and as you can just see all the gears and cogs turning, and it just looks like a monk. What does it do when you wind it up? I think the arm just moved from what I could see. Interesting. Because do you remember at the end of Night at the Museum Battle of the Smithsonian, um, Ben Stiller is like trying to figure out like a, something he can do to like not kill all his friends that like stop. Because cause in that movie, the, they moved the tablet from the, Nash, from the New York Museum to, bring to the Smithsonian. Smithsonian. So no one at the New York Museum will be able to come to life anymore. Right. So he like thinks of a solution where he um, – well, I guess this doesn't really help the New York New York Museum. But what he does is, and the New York New York Museum is like closing down and getting rid of a lot of their exhibits and putting mm-hmm. in like holograms. Right. But he, under the guise of like uh, investing or investing in the company or whatever, he sells his daily devices, his invention company, he gives it to the museum and says they're putting in like high quality animatronics so that the museum exhibits can come to life and and just. It will look oh, like they're the animatronics, right, 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 right. and like Teddy Roosevelt would like give a tour as an animatronic. Yeah, I forgot about. So that. maybe that monk is maybe. is one of those. Maybe be. it's not a mechanical monk. Maybe it comes it's, to it's life. Daily, it's a daily device. Yeah, and yeah. It, it comes to life, and it just pretends to be that because you know it doesn't want to let on. I think you're onto something. Here. <laughs> I've got a lot of theories. <laughs> I can see that. You're drawing a lot of uh, connections here with all these dots that are out there. Yeah, Ben Gates inspired me in National <laughs> Treasure. Anything's connected. Yeah. Um, David uh, Vetter, who was the bubble boy, like there was the actual bubble boy mm-hmm. yeah. who lived in a bubble. His suit is in the Smithsonian collection. He died in 1984. That's a weird coincidence because I'm pretty sure when I was looking at the movies Buzz Aldrin was in, one of them was called the bubble boy. Oh, my gosh. More what, connections. What is Buzz Aldrin trying to tell More us? More connections. <laughs> There's a 36-foot-long squid inside of um, their archives. Um, there are locks of hair from the first 14 presidents, like on this like wooden board. The first 14? Yep. How'd they get them? I don't know. I guess they, there was this, maybe they had the same barber. I don't know. And he was just kind of weird when, guy. When did they build them. the Smithsonian? Wasn't it like way after those presidents? Yeah, but I'm sure, you know, people donate stuff as it goes along. So I'm sure there was somebody who was like, hey, I have the first 14 locks of hair from the first 14 presidents. Do you want to put this in your museum? Weird. Okay, just to confirm, in 1976, Buzz Aldrin played himself in a movie called The Boy in the Plastic Bubble. Uh-oh. Yep. Wow. Mm-hmm. Illuminati. And my last weird object that is inside the Smithsonian, uh, there's this diamond called the Hope Diamond. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. I've heard of the Hope Diamond. I've seen it. Oh, have you? Yeah, it's in the Smithsonian. In the Smithsonian. Right? Oh, yeah. yeah, have you? Okay. Um, so it was mailed to the Smithsonian. Yes, by USPS, right? Yeah, by a jeweler named Harry Winston, and he paid two dollars and forty-four cents for the postage. 
Because who would suspect it? You it know? has forty-five carats. If you like, if you find it, if you see a package that's like insured for like a million dollars with all these like stuff on, it, you're gonna be like, hmm, maybe I could steal that. Right. Exactly. No one's checking the little yeah. uh, little USPS package. He just mailed it. He just mailed it right to the Smithsonian. They Genius. opened it. And they're like, what is this? Genius. So I thought that was kind of cool too. No, that is cool. So, so there we go. Our Smithsonian historical museum filled episode. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed another uh, listener appreciation episode. That one was kind of fun. I, I like that one. I like the. I think we could just start coming up with conspiracy theories and pitching <laughs> it to Disney for possible national treasure movies. I think. Uh, I think we have a future here. That sounds good. I like making up movies. That's that'll be a spinoff podcast. We'll do like a a film pitch. Yeah, that'd be good for me. I think it'd be a lot of fun. I think of movie ideas all the time, including National Treasure Three. Buzz Aldrin and the Moon. I don't have the name yet. That's my working title. A lot of people think that the third National Treasure is going to be called National Treasure, uh, page forty-seven. That would make which, sense. Which right, would make sense, right it, to the point. It'd be kind of a dumb title, but it is kind of dumb. Yeah, there's a lot of conspiracies out there from fans. Not really conspiracies, uh, just ideas, theories from fans as to what is on page forty-seven. Some people think it's Area Fifty-One. Some people think it's Apollo Eleven. Some people think it's Kennedy. Some people think it's the Watergate tapes. So please, Disney, make a third one so we know what actually end, happened. End our speculation. Yes. So our podcast. I mean, we've been really good with predicting. So mm-hmm. if this, we're right this, about that, that that'd man, be amazing. Yeah, that'll be good to our. There will be a lawsuit coming. Exactly. Yes. So remember, there will be a Twitter poll online where you can vote for who you think would win. Would Ben Gates be able to break into the Smithsonian and steal Buzz Aldrin's journal from the Apollo 11 lunar module? Or would Larry... Daily, what's his name? Yeah, Larry, Larry Daly. Daly. God, I don't know why it is so hard to remember. Larry Daly, Daily Devices. Larry Daly be able to defend the Smithsonian using the, um, the Achman Ra stone. <laughs> I'm so. That was close enough. A tablet made of the it's tablet, made of stone. The tablet, thanks, uh, and use that in order to stop him from breaking in and taking the journal and starting Transformers War. Find out next week on Who Would Win. All right. So, uh, as always, please remember to subscribe, follow, and rate, and please continue to participate in our show for the Who Would Win cast. This has been Steve. And this has been Chris. And we will see you next time. Bye-bye. I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence. If you touch that again, I shall kill you right now. Really? I shall release what I want to release the moment I want to release it. It's a riddle. You speak again. I'm going to kill you. Do you understand? Well, your accent, Pennsylvania Dutch. Stop! There isn't another clue. Don't cross this line. You handled that well. Oh, God, I want to kill you right now. Oh, my God. I can't believe you reached across like that today. I can't even believe. Really? Stop! The Who Would Win cast is not endorsed by any film or television production companies and is intended for entertainment purposes only. Any and all audio clips are not owned by the Who Would Win cast, and all rights are reserved by the respective copyright holders.